0: Well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Let's give the moms one more cheer, because honestly, hey, moms, we want you to know that you are loved and honored and appreciated today, and we're so grateful for all that you do, all that is never thanked, never noticed by anyone but God and you, and, um, and we just honor you today. We also want to recognize that for some people, Mother's Day can be a really hard day. Maybe your journey includes infertility or the loss of a child or the loss of your mother. And so, for whatever reason today, this is a hard day. And if so, we just want you to know that we're here for you. We love you. You're seen. And that's one of the great things about being part of a family, a church family, is that um, we can celebrate and have joy with each other, and we can also grieve with each other. So, we love you guys. We're thankful you're here. We're confident in what God's going to do. Well, today I'm really excited to have my daughter, Megan, with me. Uh, Carrie and I have four children. Megan is our only daughter. So three sons and a daughter. And uh, we have four, four children. They have all married just wonderful people who I wish I'd given birth to myself. I love them so much. So I feel like I have eight children. We have nine grandchildren. And then Megan is at a different stage of life. Yes,
1: so I have three boys, Uh, their ages are four, three, and one, so we have a great time at home, (laughs) Um, and uh, we are living our best life right now, Um, and it's crazy, but honestly, we love it so much, Um, and we really want you guys to know that today, um, we celebrate Mother's Day, but this message is for everybody. We're gonna be sharing truths from the Bible that apply to everyone in this room. And we're really excited to kind of give you guys two different perspectives, uh, two different generations, and so uh, we really hope that
0: you guys uh, enjoy the message today. I wanna be honest with you right up front and let you know that I have never personally felt prepared or qualified for any stage of motherhood, including the stage I'm in now. I've always felt like I was building an airplane while trying to fly it. I've never quite known what I was doing, just when I feel like I've nailed one thing and I think, oh, I know what I should have been doing at this stage when I had toddlers or whatever. Wait, but now they're in a different stage. And then it was grade schoolers and high schoolers and college and then now married and now married and having grandchildren. Every stage has been new. And... It's really never been what I thought it would be like. My expectations have been blown away at every stage. I think somehow when Carrie and I first got married and like all parents, we thought, we're gonna do this thing right. And I thought, you know, if I just try my hardest, I'm gonna raise these tiny human beings into confident kids that if if I, you know, they'll be grateful for me, they'll appreciate all I do. And if I go to the trouble of, say making a great dinner, that when I bring that chicken to the table, they're going to just burst into applause. They're going to see what a great mom I am. But in reality, motherhood is nothing like that. And so let me just give you a picture of this. What I thought motherhood would be like was something like this. That was a beautiful picture. Yeah, calm, serene, loving. Here's what it turned out to be. That is a lot more accurate. Yeah. Let's try another one. This is what we thought motherhood would be like. Like, wow, that is a
1: beautiful, clean home. How wonderful, how easy, right? You can do that. But really, this is what it ends up being. Um, Honestly, that's pretty much my house every single day. And I've gotten to the point where I just don't care anymore because I'm realizing That's just what it's gonna be like, even if I pick up, within three hours, it's gonna look like that again.
0: But that's the stage of life that I am in. We thought that having family dinners would look something like this. A nice meal at the table, we'd just be smiling and enjoying each other, Um, just, just happy to be there. But take a look at reality. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. Got the video games going and the phones. Nobody's communicating. Throw a piece of fruit on your kid's plate and you're good. Uh, That's This is kind of what it's turned out to be. And then I love this last one because this is actually a real picture from our family. So
1: here you can see myself. Uh, That is my three-year-old. Um, Yes, this is reality. We try to give my mom Christmas pictures every year of the green kids. Cause like, you know, how wonderful and how easy, you know? Um, but, but this is what it ends up being and we can never get a perfect picture of them. Someone's looking away or someone's crying. Um, mm, yeah, this was my the picture. Can. Yeah, this
0: was the picture of all of my grandchildren lined up nicely, smiling for Christmas, um, and this is, but this is real life, right? This is what really happens. Yeah, well,
1: looking at this, um, I know, honestly, everyone in here knows that social media has really taken over um, our world at this time, and I think that it's easy for us to get caught up in it. I know for me, um, I actually have an alarm set Uh, you can do this. Um, For Instagram, where it tells me if I've spent 30 minutes, it reminds me. So honestly, most of the time at night, that is my time, okay? I've been with my children all day. I need a break. So I'm just gonna watch TV and be on my phone at the same time. And you can do both. And, um, And I think, you know, oh, I'm just gonna... Oh, I got a message on Instagram. Let me just check it. What ends up happening is I get to, a person shows up. Huh, I go to that person. Then they have a friend. So let me go to that friend. I'm interested. Let me go to the next person. And I end up on a random lady's page. She has this perfect family. And I need to know at this point, What is her job? Is she just a blogger? How do I become a blogger? Wow, her kids are perfect. How does she take great pictures? Man, what is the filter she's using on this? Um, And I am just so interested in this random person's life that I will never meet. And then my timer goes off and I've spent 30 minutes just looking at other people's pages and I didn't even check the message I had. And it's like, oh gosh, like, Just wasting my time, you know, comparing my life. And a lot of times we do that. And not just to people on social media, but others around us. We're comparing Mm -hmm. our house, you know, what we have. Even our kids and our family, oh, their kids behave better. Maybe I'm a bad parent. And, but that, you guys, turns out everybody is struggling. They might not show it, but everyone
0: is struggling and no one is perfect. Perfect. We start comparing our uh, real lives to someone else's uh, curated picture of what life is, and then we feel inadequate. And there's a good reason that comparing our own messy, imperfect lives to others, perfect ones, see, never, it just leaves us feeling empty. And that's because we were never meant to. We were never meant to compare our lives to someone else's. The world says, hey, look at everybody else. Look how they're doing But Jesus says, look at me, just look at me, imitate me. We need to imitate Christ when we spend all of our time, and it is so easy to do, focusing on what everybody else has. It makes us feel empty and we miss out on what God has for us. So would you stand in honor of God's word with us? And our key passage for today is Romans chapter 12, verse two. And it says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Father, we thank you that you have a plan for us, a special plan that you have designed us, you've created our children to follow in your image, us to be molded into your image. And we ask that through your word, right now, that you would teach us how to become more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. And so the main thing that Megan and I, as we talked about motherhood, that we found is that we need to forget perfect and be present. Forget this image, this mirage of being perfect, and instead learn to be present. Well, I would say that
1: all of us can agree we subconsciously measure our day from one to 10. So today was a good day because I got my whole to-do list done. You know, we weren't late to school. Um, You know, I got everything done at work. Uh, That's what we do, right? We measure it by um, these things that don't necessarily matter, right? And a lot of times, I know for me, my days... Or a little different. I am usually, I measure myself at the lower end uh, sometimes um, because you know, today was a bad day because I was lazy. I sat around, the kids watched TV the whole time because I just did not care. And you know, I just, I guess we had frozen meals because I didn't feel like going to the grocery store. And so I didn't feel like taking my kids to the grocery store and dealing with that. So we just did that instead. And We think if we have it all together, then we'd be happier. You know, oh, maybe if I could get my to-do list done, uh, then I'm going to feel better about myself and about my day. I got things accomplished that meant something. That's what we think. If we get our to-do list done, it means something, right? But in reality, it's not about getting the to-do list done. It's not about being
0: perfect. That is not the goal. I want you to imagine two targets. One about as big as my hand, a target that is way up on the ceiling. And then a second target that's as big as this whole floor. It's just massive. Those two targets. Now let me tell you, the little target far, far away, that is the target of being perfect, of measuring up to what the world says you should be like, what your life should be like. But the other target is being present. And it's actually A really large target is easy to do. It's attainable. We just have to focus on it. We just have to turn our focus. And so the target to shoot for is being present. Now, being perfect means you're going to try to shoot for what's in your house. You want to make it look like everybody else's, but being present is focusing on who's in your house. You see, it's just a change of focus. Perfect focuses on what you own, but present focuses on who you love. Perfect focuses on the people, uh, the the perfect focuses on the house that you live in, and present focuses on the people who live in your house. And we found that on days that we're stressed out, stressed out as moms, it's usually because we're aiming at the wrong target. Because we feel like we've fallen short of this, this scale from one to 10 that God never intended for us. Instead, It's just learning to be present. So we want to share three specific ways to stay grounded in this, to follow Christ's example. God is our father, and I love that he set us up in families that we can look to his example. He's forming us into his image.
1: So our first point is don't go big, go small. So what we mean by that is the big things are the temporary things, kind of uh, the things that we look Towards the future, Um, they're the big events, the goals, right? The vacations, a birthday party. Uh, We're focusing on the end goal and not the in-between. And that's what the small things are. Those are the in-between of the big event coming up, the big goal. And that's what's more important. And we can't despise those little decisions, uh, those little moments, you know, with our kids, and with our family, and with our friends. Because if we're focusing on people, then that's what's gonna bring us joy. Not focusing on, oh, I need to get this done, my to-do list. Oh, you know, focusing on events. Because in the end, at the end of your life, what matters most? The people that you love and spending time with them. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So right there, it says that the Lord says, don't despise these small little moments that you have with your kids. Don't get caught up in what doesn't matter. Spend those small times. Oh, my kids are playing in the other room. You know what? Instead of just letting them play independently because they can, they do great at it. Let me go and just play with them, you know? Yes, it takes some effort sometimes, but... I'm gonna go do that because that's what matters. It's the journey, it's not the destination and you're never gonna finish your to-do list. You will not because once you check something off, another thing comes on. It is very stressful because I love to-do lists um, but mine just never end and most of the time, I don't actually get what's on the to-do list done. I get other things done, and then I have to write it in and check it off because I did finish something that day. It might have not been there, but now it is on the to-do list, so it does matter.
0: And I can tell you uh, from the perspective of another generation, now that we have grown children, grandchildren, looking back, what moments do I miss the most? Or was it the big ones that took like lots of effort and energy and trying to put on a big show? No. Honestly, if right now I could have one day back from when my kids were young, let me tell you what I'd fill it with. I would fill it with moments like um, giving them all their bath and putting them in their jammies and snuggling and reading a book together. I would fill it with more moments like just playing around in the backyard and laughing, just having fun together. No set schedule. I would fill it with all the small, seemingly meaningless moments that at the time felt like they were just, I'm just trying to trudge through my day. And I get it. When you have three preschoolers, you feel like you're walking through cement a lot of times. Sometimes we take care of our grandchildren. And the other day we did this and I thought, oh my goodness, I'd almost forgotten what it was like to count down the hours until bedtime. (laughs) Because I'm just thinking, "Oh, oh wow, this is... You just forget how minute by minute hard it is. But it turns out the big things are actually the small things. So how do you measure a win? Well, if it's not a check mark on a to-do list, we just look to Jesus for our example. And we can see in the scripture that Jesus was never chasing awards. He was never chasing drama. It was always, always relationships that Jesus was after. So when raising our kids, one thing that I did to try to keep myself grounded in this was to just decide that I'm going to connect with each of my kids every day. Some point in the day, I want to make sure I've had some like, connection. And the best way to define it is just to say, you know when it happens, it may only take a minute. But instead of exchanging information, like, hey, what time do you need to be picked up from, from practice? Uh, instead of just saying, hey, do this, do that, them asking a question, actually saying, hey, how was your day? How are you? And if I hadn't had that moment by the end of the day, I always grab that time right before bed when we'd sit, pray with them on their bed, and then say, hey, what was your high-low today? Um, meaning, what was your high moment, something good today? And then one of the tougher things. And usually we'd end up praying about the tougher thing. But finding a way to connect with our children. Learning to celebrate those small wins instead of just when they get great report cards. Yeah, celebrate that. Or when their team wins the championship. Sure, celebrate that. But celebrating things like, hey, I saw you ask that kid on the side of the playground to join you and your friends playing. That's awesome. That is really great. Or if they actually answer you the first time uh, when you call their name saying, hey, I really appreciate that. That made me feel like you're really listening. Thank you. Catching those small things, those little things, makes a big difference. The truth is that about 98% of life is small moments it's made up of small seemingly meaningless things it's ordinary it's all the ordinary 98% of our lives is just ordinary and when we believe the lie and pass this lie on to our kids that the showy stuff is the most valuable that's a win for the enemy because the real treasure is found in the mundane it turns out that the mundane those little little interactions we have with our children within our families with our husband Those are the ones that count. Think of the best day of your life, okay? I know for me,
1: um, and probably for you, it's some sort of celebration, some big event. You know, your wedding day, the birth of a child, um, you know, winning a championship, um, you know, getting promoted, whatever it was, you know, wow, it brought me so much joy. But really, when we look at it, yeah, what is the reason? Why was that the best day of my life? And when we get down to the root of it, it was probably because you were celebrating something with the people you love, right? Think about it. That was probably what it was. You were celebrating something um, with all the people around you that you care about and you love so much. And so my question for you guys is, why can't today be the best day of your life? I feel like that's how we should be living. You know, why can't I make today the best day of my life, and then thinking, how how do I make today the best day of my life? And if we know that, oh, okay, so the best day um, was because I was celebrating the birth of my child or my wedding day with you know my husband or my wife, then wow, how can I maybe celebrate with the people that I love? You know, how can I make something even just the small little moments? Uh, the big moments in my life. And so we need to celebrate those small little wins. Just like my mom was saying, those small things uh, that we think are, oh, they don't matter, they do matter so much. Spending those small little moments with our family, friends, even strangers. If you are at the grocery store, guess what? You can stand there and be quiet um, or you can turn and talk to the person behind you. You never know uh, where God is going to be in that day. And so sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone to find those small moments.
0: If you're having trouble figuring out what are those small moments or is this a good thing to do or not, try to see life through your kids' eyes. Remember what it felt like to feel vulnerable, to actually be very dependent on someone else for almost everything. And think, what would it, what would mean more to them in this moment? Because kids actually usually have it right. So many times, kids have the right perspective. And as adults, we're the ones who get way off track. And so, which would your kids rather do? Um, would you have, you play a game with them? Just even if it's some little, uh, you know, game with playing with dinosaurs or cars on the floor. Or if you have an older child going out, throwing a ball around. Or would they rather have a clean, Insta-worthy house to live in? Well, you know the answer. Would they rather have you show up at their game, all their, their practice cheering them on, you know, being able to talk everything over in detail with them because you're actually engaged? Or would they rather have you work late so that you'd have a more impressive family car? And Which one would your kids choose? Nine times out of 10, that's going to be the one that's the small moment the things that really matter. It's just, it is so easy to get pulled off base in this. And so I've asked Megan to share this song with you about celebrating these small moments. Um, I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I have. Thanks, Megan. I hope that when you uh, leave here today, you will have a renewed focus on finding that big magic in the small moments. Honestly, I feel like being a generation ahead of this parent raised, the ones who have kids in their home, um, we have an opportunity to encourage them and remind them that it is truly, truly, truly is those little things that matter the most. So pack your days with as many of those moments as you can. Well, there's a second way that we want to share with you to help you stay grounded. And that is don't give excuses, take responsibility. You have to decide what's important to your family and then make decisions based on that. I'm just saying pre-decide for your family what is the most important. It sounds simple, but if you've decided like Joshua that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, then be prepared to stand up for it be prepared. If you believe it's important for your family to be at church, then be prepared to explain to that coach who calls for an extra practice on Sunday morning to say, oh, hey, actually, uh, our family already has a commitment, you know, that we stand by on Sunday mornings. Or if you're at Woodlands Church, you can always go to Saturday night. But Make it a priority. Let your kids see there are priorities that matter, that everything doesn't just fall when someone else pushes in on it because that's how they'll learn to stand up for what they believe in, for what are priorities in their lives. In other words, the priorities in our lives aren't up for grabs, aren't up for anybody to just trample over. If I say this is important to our family, this is is something that we live by, then we make it a priority and the other things have to work themselves in around that. The truth is we can always find an excuse to not stick to our convictions. There is a story of three bricklayers. They're all doing the same mundane thing. But when asked, hey, what are you doing? The first one said, I'm laying bricks. And the second said, oh, well, I'm building a wall. But the third one said, I'm building a cathedral. As parents, we're building cathedrals. We need to always keep in mind that's what we're really doing. We're not just trying to make it through the day on repeat. And I get it. Sometimes it feels like that. All the more reason to remind ourselves that's not what we're doing. We are building cathedrals. We get to partner with God in that. He's given us this incredible privilege of joining him and building a cathedral, one that he himself is going to inhabit. And it's the biggest privilege of our lives. Uh, We
1: don't want you guys to feel guilty for making any parent mistakes. You know, I sometimes do that to myself. I'm like, oh, today I did such a bad job. Or, oh, my kid's misbehaving at school. So, oh, it's on me. That's because I'm not a good parent. And that is just not true. Um, But we do need to take responsibility when we mess up. And so if we mess up in front of our kids, we've made a mistake We were obviously wrong. We need to let them know, hey, I'm sorry. I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. Because they see that what you're doing, you're apologizing and you're saying, hey, it's okay to mess up. And it's okay because you need to, you know, apologize for it. They're going to do that too. They're going to see, oh, well, I guess that's what I should be doing. So I need to take responsibility for my actions as well. Just like my mom was saying, we need to be concerned with growing our kids' character. And how we do that is the small decisions, right? The small moments. We're not going to get to the huge goal of, oh, my, you know, my child's going to grow up and be you know, so successful, but also be such a strong Christian. Oh, it's going to be so great. That's the dream. Um, yes, it is the dream, but how do you get there? You get there with this small decisions, uh, the small moments that feel like they don't mean anything. Proverbs 22.6 says, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. So we need to point our kids in the right direction every single day. It's hard. It takes a lot of effort. And if you, you know, if you mess up, that's okay. Just keep going. Don't let it ruin your day. Uh, keep Um, Just building your children up. And also, I just want to let y'all know, taking responsibility also means taking care of yourself. As a mom, it is, uh, you know, if you are, even if you're especially a single parent, you know, mom or dad, I can't imagine how hard that is. Um, You know, at least at the end of the day, I get relief uh, from my husband and I'm like, I'm going to leave and go to Target because that's my happy place. Even if I don't buy anything, which I shouldn't, and it's hard to walk out of there without spending a lot of money. But, um, but I'm like, hey, you take the kids, I can't deal with them anymore. Don't feel guilty about that. It is okay to take a break from your children. You need to care for yourself so that, you need to fill yourself up so that you can fill your kids up, right? If you are tired, you're run down, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not taking care of yourself mentally,
0: then you're not gonna be able to give them your full self. And this is hard, we're not going to lie. Consistent discipline is hard because once you make a consequence clear, you have to follow through with it, whether you feel like it or not. And kids will push against those boundaries that you set just to see if they're there. And if they are, kids will end up feeling secure. Don't expect them to thank you for it. But they're going to know that, yes, there are real boundaries that have been set. If they push against a boundary though that you've set and find that they can knock it over pretty easily, if you told them, no, you can't do this, and then they say, come on, come on, and they just wear you down and eventually, and it's kind of a, it's, it's actually a big deal, and then they wear you down and you kind of flatten and say, all right, fine, you're kind of, because you know you're just tired of arguing and talking about it. Well, they find out, it gets the message through to them that actually there are no boundaries, and it creates insecurity. Sure, they're happy in the moment, but the deeper thing going on is that we have sent that clear message. There are no boundaries. You are on your own to figure this thing out in life. You're not worth the trouble to discipline. And it's easier for a parent to avoid an argument. It's easier to do that. But God calls us to imitate him. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verses five and six, it says this, And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? And these are the encouraging words. He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Did you realize that discipline is the mark of a parent for a child? A mark of ownership, of caring and loving about that child so much I don't discipline my neighbor's kids. Sometimes I want to, but I don't because that's not my responsibility. Um, And I don't love them as much. It's not worth all the trouble. But my kids, my kids, I care so much, so much that they will head in the right direction, that they will make choices that line up with God's word, that I'm willing for them to not like me, to be unpopular, the the bad mom um, for a while because I love them so much. And the truth is that both good decisions and bad ones increase at compound interest. So what seems like a little trivial indulgence today can, in the life of your child, someday become a bad habit because we just kind of let them get away with it and never wanted to deal with it or confront them. But the good news is that the same goes for the seemingly small wins. We keep at those small wins, at continuing to correct and discipline and guide and love and before you know it, that pays off in huge dividends in their lives.
1: Another thing we want to hit is that insecure mothers raise insecure daughters. I know that uh, there are moms out there and you've, you know, you've gone through maybe a tough childhood. um, But something that we really need to learn is that the way that we see ourselves is projected onto our kids and how they view themselves. I know all of you mothers, you lift your children up, you say, oh, you know, you're so good at this, at that, you're so beautiful, you know, and, but the truth is, if you are putting yourself down in front of them, that is what they see. That the way you view yourself is way more important than what you're telling them with your words. They see their mom putting themselves down, Oh, well, they don't look good today. They need to work out, whatever it is. And uh, and then they think, wow, well, if that's what she thinks, then I must be that way too. And so we really need to be aware of that as moms. We have to control pointing out our own flaws um, in front of our kids. Um, and even dads too, pointing out our flaws in front of our kids, they're going to pick up on it. And that is what is going to matter to them. So we need to speak positivity and truth to our kids constantly. Not just to them,
0: but also to ourselves. That's right. It's not The most important thing isn't what we say about ourselves or we say about our kids. It's what does God say about you? What does God say about your children? These are truth. This is reality. This is what we need to be speaking. Saying, yeah, I know I feel like this today, but here's truth. And the last point that we want to share with you to help stay grounded in these things, is don't fear the future. Trust God with it. Now, this is a big one, and it's something for all of us as believers to think deeply about. Like me, uh, maybe you've heard people lament about the future of this current generation of children. Like me, you might be guilty of sometimes thinking or talking that way yourself about how these kids, man, I don't know how, I don't know what's gonna happen with this generation. They have a really scary future ahead because of all the rapid changes in technology and economics and world affairs. You know, I mean, these kids don't stand a chance. You know what? Our children and grandchildren, it's true, they are growing up in very different times with new challenges, the things that we've never had to deal with. Times are different, but our God is unchanged. That is what we are standing on. Our God is unchanged. The very same God who parted the Red Sea, who protected Daniel in the lion's den, who himself was raised from the dead, that is the God who's in control today. And for all of our children's tomorrows, God is not afraid of the future. He is not scratching his head, wondering how these kids will ever make it in this world. God is at work raising up an army of young men and young women to push back the darkness and speak his name all over the earth. So let's not teach our children to be afraid of the future because there's too much evil out there. Let's teach our children to be filled with hope because God wants to use them in their generation. He created the kids, all the students, the children of today. He created them for this moment, for this time, for such a time as this. The year they were born was not an accident. God planned it from the beginning of time. God is in control. And so let's teach them God's word and the authority that goes along with that. And let's stop feeling sorry for them and get serious about praying for them. And that's something I I really encourage you so much to do. And if you have, uh, whether you have children or not, we ask you um, unashamedly, pray for the kids who are growing up in this generation and in this church And there's a few things that I used when my kids were young, especially, and even all through the years when I had them in our home to pray for them. Um, I would, for instance, uh, when I had children, Megan, the the age of Megan's children now, preschoolers, young kids, uh, and I was doing laundry just nonstop. Whoever's, uh, whatever child's clothes I was washing or folding, I prayed for them. It was like my mnemonic device. I'm going to pray for that child while I do it. You have to find ways Reasons to remember to pray or it's so easy to get caught up in just the busyness of life and realize you haven't done it. That's just one tiny example, but all through the years, I've used different things, but find something that works for you and pray for your kids. Pray for your kids. You see, God has placed you in a position of huge influence in your child's life. And what you tell your child about themselves, they usually internalize. And then they act out of that belief. So, of course, the ultimate choice is always the child's. Our kids have free will, just like we do. And so even if, as a parent, you do all the right things, it can be that they choose a different path. They have that choice. But as for our part as parents, we do all we can. And so tell them, yeah, you can tell them that, sure, there's evil in the world. Yes, it's scary. This isn't sticking our heads in the sand. The world's scary, but you shouldn't be scared. There's evil out there, but you shouldn't be scared of it. They will often think of themselves as inadequate if we try to drill into them how bad this world is, how scary it is. Tell them, yes, yeah, it is. there's a lot going on in this world. And yes, you and I are weak, but our God is strong. And he is the one that we rely on day after day. So we live in a bad
1: world, but we've always lived in a bad world. It's always been bad since the beginning of time. I mean, Think about Noah's Ark. Everyone in the world was bad besides Noah's family. (laughs) I would say that was worse than it is now, right? And so we've always lived in a bad time. And honestly, I would say that being, oh, there's so much, you know, hurt and pain and so many things that are scary. Um, I would say that's even more reason to challenge our kids, that they can make a difference. Um, If life was so easy, they wouldn't really need to do anything but hey, you can actually make a difference in this world. We need to be challenging our kids that way. I uh, saw a quote one time that said, never feel sorry for raising dragon slayers in a time when there are actual dragons. And I loved that because a lot of times we think, oh, just like that, there's dragons out there, there's these big things, how are my kids gonna get through this with, I don't know, school has changed, politics are crazy, what's gonna happen? when they grow up, how do I keep them safe? And we want them to be wise, but we need to realize that, wait a second, if we are training up dragon slayers, we shouldn't feel bad for them that they're living in this time. We should feel encouraged that yeah, this is, this is where you're at, this is where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be uh, this dragon slayer following after God because you're gonna do amazing things. If we believe in our children, they will believe in themselves.
0: John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is a verse we should be teaching our children. God has overcome the darkness and now we just need to walk in that. And as Megan said, let's expect great things from this generation. And I know this, Carrie and I were raising our kids, We needed a team of people. There were times where it wasn't enough just for Carrie and I to be rooting for them, praying for them, speaking truth into their lives, because an age comes where they start stepping into the world and they have a lot of people telling them a lot of things. And that's why being a part of the student ministry in this church was absolutely invaluable in our kids' lives because those student pastors came alongside them and they weren't just hearing this from us, they were hearing it also from student pastors. And they had a group of kids to hang around, not who were perfect, but who were headed the same direction. And it made all the difference. So I encourage you, if you have a student, if you have friends who have students um, or kids of any age, get them plugged in and get them involved. So you
1: actually have the opportunity to help send a kid to camp. So out here in the foyer, uh, we have some booths set up where you can actually go out right now um, and help a child financially, help whatever amount you can uh, to help get them to camp. A lot of students are not able um, to go to, you know, are not able to financially, um, you know, support themselves to go to camp, and so we help compensate them. But we need y'all's help to get these kids to camp. Because at camp, there is life change. I've been to many camps, even as an adult. There's so much life change. Um, Just to show you guys, last year we had over 1,300 kids go to camp. And over 300 kids gave their life to Christ and got baptized. That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: And you can be a part of raising up this next generation. It is so worth it. This generation is going
0: to be world changers. That's right. We believe in this next generation. And if you want to join us in that, please be praying for the students, especially this summer. Something incredible happens when you take a kid away from everything else, Mm -hmm. uh, get them away from their phones, away from everything else, and they spend a week just being faced with the, the truth of who God is and what he says about them and how much he loves them. Would you stand with us as we pray? Our Father, thank you for being such a good and gracious father to us that you have shown us in every way how to parent our children. All we have to do is imitate you, look to you, keep looking to you day by day, moment by moment. And we ask that you would help us to appreciate what we have before it becomes what we had Just like the woman in Proverbs 31, Father, we want to smile at the future because we know you are in it and you are in control. And we're putting all of our hope, all of our trust in you. And as we leave today, we just ask that you would continue to show us how to be more like you in every moment, how to love the one in front of us, how to stay focused on relationships and not things teach us what really matters. We love you, Lord. It's in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. If you'd remain standing, we're going to end with a song of worship. And um, Again, I want to tell you moms, we love you, we bless you, and can't wait to see you next week. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church
1: with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.